Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Pigarella by R.A. Spratt. Nanny Piggins and the children, Derek, Samantha and Michael, were spending a quiet evening at home. They hadn't intended to, but the electricity had been disconnected. Their father was too cheap to pay the bill, so they couldn't watch TV, listen to music or cut a hole in the ceiling using power tools, which is what they had been planning to do, to create a lovely atrium area where they could practice trapeze while they were waiting for their cakes to bake. Instead, they found themselves sitting in the darkness. Their only light came from the roaring fire Nanny Piggins had built using their father's law books, which provided a merry glow, which was ironic because the actual text inside was incredibly boring and miserable. So really, setting fire to the law books was the kindest thing to do. Nanny Piggins' brother, Boris, the ten-foot-tall ballet-dancing bear, had joined them because there was no power in his shed either, and he was afraid of the dark. And spiders. And spiders in the dark, most of all. "'What shall we do?' asked Michael. "'Goodness knows,' said Nanny Piggins. "'We can't even bake a cake because the oven uses electricity. "'Cursed modern science's reliance on fossil fuels.' "'We could bake a cake on the fire,' said Derek. "'Heaven forbid!' exclaimed Nanny Piggins. "'The cake would come out tasting like law books.' "'You could tell us a story,' suggested Michael. "'Derek and Samantha nodded enthusiastically. "'Apart from being the world's most glamorous flying pig, "'a champion professional wrestler, a virtuoso tap dancer, "'a gold medal ski jumper and the only Nobel laureate "'in the field of cake baking, "'their nanny was also an amazing storyteller. "'That's a good idea,' said Nanny Piggins. "'But which one? "'It's probably best I don't tell you a story from my own life "'in case you're ever called upon to give evidence in a court of law. "'I know. "'I'll tell you the story of one of my distant yet fabulously glamorous relatives from long ago. "'Her name was Pigarella.' "'Don't you mean Cinderella?' interrupted Derek. "'Never heard of her,' said Nanny Piggins. "'No, my story is about a wonderful young girl called Pigarella.' "'Was she beautiful?' butted in Michael. "'Why would that matter?' asked Nanny Piggins, irritated by the interruptions. "'They did not help her narrative flow. "'We've heard a similar story about a very beautiful girl,' said Derek. "'That'd be right,' said Nanny Piggins. "'Children's literature can be so superficial.' "'As it happens, Pigarella was staggeringly gorgeous, "'but no one ever noticed, "'because that was not the most wondrous thing about her. "'The thing that made her awe-inspiring "'was her ability to bake cake.' "'Really?' asked Derek. "'Yes,' said Nanny Piggins. "'She was the Leonardo de Piggins of cake-baking.' "'Don't you mean the Leonardo da Vinci of cake-baking?' "'asked Samantha.' "'Who's he?' asked Nanny Piggins. "'Never mind,' said Derek, clamping his hand over Samantha's mouth. "'Keep telling the story.' "'But the problem Pigarella had was her sisters,' continued Nanny Piggins. "'Let me guess,' said Michael. "'She had two evil stepsisters.' "'No, her troubles were much greater than that,' said Nanny Piggins. "'She had thirteen evil sisters. "'Altogether, they were identical fourteen uplets. "'They were exactly alike in every physical way, "'but in personality, they were all entirely different.' While Pigarella had virtuously devoted her life to the betterment of cake, each of her sisters had developed a unique talent for being wicked. Oh, I 
don't want to hear any more. Well, Boris, this story is scaring me. Samantha cuddled up close to Boris and gave his paw a reassuring squeeze. Together, the thirteen sisters ganged up on poor Pigarella and locked her in the kitchen where they forced her to do nothing but bake cakes all day long from dawn to dusk, said Nanny Piggins. But how did she go to the toilet, asked Michael. Nanny Piggins shuddered. That detail is too horrible. I cannot reveal it to children. It's too shocking. But suffice it to say, there was a small window that opened over the rose bed. Oh, exclaimed Eric and Samantha. I wish I hadn't asked, said Michael. Now, it just so happens that in this same country, there was a prince called Gavin, continued Nanny Piggins. Was he handsome, asked Samantha. What is it with you children and your obsession with physical appearances, demanded Nanny Piggins. You don't ask if he was beautiful on the inside or whether he was good at baking, which would be a much better question. You go straight to whether he was a hottie. But was he, asked Derek. Well, actually, Prince Gavin did have chiselled good looks and rippling muscles, conceded Nanny Piggins, but I think it's very superficial of you to care. Sorry, said the children, insincerely. Did he have any special talents, asked Michael. As a matter of fact, no, admitted Nanny Piggins. At least Prince Gavin didn't know if he did. You see, life as a royal prince is so boring. All you do is go to formal functions and watch soldiers march and launch ships and inspect hospitals. There's very little scope for creativity. The poor man had endured a terribly tedious life. But he did have lots of money, right, said Derek. Money cannot buy you happiness, said Nanny Piggins sternly. But it can buy you cake, Samantha pointed out. And you always say that cake is happiness in baked form. True, admitted Nanny Piggins. But that is the really tragic part of this story. This kingdom had no cake shop. The children gasped. Boris burst into racking sobs. Nanny Piggins dabbed away a tear herself. It's too horrific to imagine, so let's not imagine it and get back to the story. There came a point in Prince Gavin's life when it was time for him to get married. Boris perked up. Ooh, I do like a wedding. But because all Prince Gavin ever did was open museums, inspect nursing homes and lay wreaths on memorials, he didn't have much of a chance to meet young women, explained Nanny Piggins. So he decided to hold a grand royal ball and invite every woman in the kingdom. Pigarella's sisters were overjoyed. They all wanted to marry the prince so they could get his money and use it to further their evil plans. What sort of evil plans, asked Derek. One sister wanted the prince's money to make a doomsday device that harnessed the power of volcanoes. Another wanted his money so she could control the weather and make it rain every day that her enemy hung out the washing. While yet another wanted his money so she could buy all the strawberry topping in the world, create a strawberry topping shortage and bring the ice cream condiment industry to its knees. How wicked, (laughs) sobbed Boris. But Pigarella was pure of heart, continued Nanny Piggins. She wanted to go to the ball because she heard they would be serving cake. You see, she didn't just like making cake, she liked eating it too. The children nodded. That sounded perfectly sensible to them. But Pigarella's nasty sisters refused to let her attend, said Nanny Piggins. They said she had to stay at home and bake the most magnificent cake she had ever cooked because one of them would be getting married the next day. They locked Pigarella in the kitchen and threw away the key. Boris broke down, collapsed on the floor and started wailing. Yes, well, may you weep, said Nanny Piggins, while comforting him by shoving a honey sandwich in his mouth, because that's exactly what Pigarella did. She sat down and bawled her eyes out. Why, oh, why must I stay home and endlessly bake, cried Pigarella. I just wish I could go to the ball and eat a cake someone else had baked for once. Just then, there was a tremendous flash of light, a puff of smoke and a loud bang. 
Standing before Pigarella was a strange little woman in a twinkly dress holding a magic wand. Who are you? asked Pigarella. I am your fairy godmother, said the strange woman, and I am here to make sure that you shall go to the ball. How? asked Pigarella. Do you know how to pick locks? The fairy godmother chuckled. In my own way, I do. She waggled her magic wand at the door and bang, the lock exploded out of the frame. Cool, said Pigarella. Now we must do something about your dress, said the fairy godmother. She waggled her wand again. There was an explosion of sparkles, and in an instant, Pigarella was wearing the most glamorous blue ball gown. No way, exclaimed Pigarella. I am not wearing this. I am not interested in a man who'd marry me because I'm wearing a pretty dress. I want to meet a man with substance, intelligence, and good judgment. But I'm a fairy godmother, said the fairy godmother. Giving girls pretty dresses is what I do. Then you need to have a long, hard think about your career path, advised Pigarella. But what would you wear to the ball, asked the fairy godmother. A dress that displays my true beauty, said Pigarella proudly. I will wear a dress made entirely out of cake. And that is what Pigarella did. With the fairy godmother's help, beating the butter and sugar and measuring the ingredients, Pigarella made sheet after sheet of the most delicious, fluffy chocolate cake, then sewed it together with raspberry licorice before coating the whole thing in a superbly sleek and smooth chocolate sauce. When she stepped into the gown, Pigarella was breathtaking. The fairy godmother dabbed a tear of pride from her eye. My dear, you were right. You look superb. In fact, good enough to eat. I know, said Pigarella. But what about your shoes? asked the fairy godmother. I have a pair I made earlier, said Pigarella with a smile. She went to the pantry and came back with a pair of stunning, glistening dance slippers made out of pure spun caramel. <gasps> Divine, exclaimed the fairy godmother. And so Pigarella went to the ball, said Nanny Piggins. In a coach made out of a pumpkin, asked Derek. No, she got an Uber, said Nanny Piggins. I do wish you children would stop interrupting. When she got to the ball, the prince was enchanted. How could he not be? She was a staggeringly beautiful pig in a stunningly delicious dress. And they fell in love, grimaced Michael. Being a small boy, he'd always been frightened of the notion of falling in love. For the longest time, he'd been under the misapprehension that falling in love involved a girl pushing you off a cliff. Yes, they did, said Nanny Piggins. But then everything went horribly wrong. Pigarella had lost track of time. At the stroke of midnight, she suddenly realised she had five minutes to get home or she would miss the late-night rerun of her favourite TV show, The Young and the Irritable. No! cried Boris. He knew just how devastating this could be because The Young and the Irritable was his favourite show too. Pigarella ran from the ballroom as fast as her trotters could carry her, continued Nanny Piggins. The prince was devastated. He tried to chase after her, but being a mere human, he was no match athletically for a pig. By the time he made it down the front steps of the castle, she had disappeared into the night. All he found was one spun caramel shoe left abandoned on the cobblestones. He picked it up and licked it because he was human after all. And it was delicious. Then the prince declared, I shall marry the pig who fits this shoe. When Pigarella awoke the next morning, it took her a while to figure out why she was covered in chocolate sauce. Then she remembered the grand royal ball and the dress made entirely out of cake. And she smiled to herself. Just then there was a pounding at the door. She heard a loud voice call out, Hear ye, hear ye, his royal highness the prince is here to find the pig who fits the caramel shoe. Pigarella could hear her thirteen identical sisters sprinting towards the front door, shoving and pushing each other out of the way as they went. Oh no, exclaimed Samantha, they were all identical, the shoe would fit them all. Ah, but that is where you're wrong, said Nanny Piggins smugly. The shoe didn't fit any of them. They all tried, but none of them could get their trotter in. 
The prince was getting anxious. He'd had such a boring and tedious life. The first fun thing that had ever happened to him was falling in love with a pig, and now it looked like that wasn't going to work out. But then Pigarella stepped forward. May I try the shoe, she asked. It's not going to fit you, dimwit, said one of her nasty sisters, if it doesn't fit any of us. Yes, it will, said Pigarella regally. She was already getting used to the idea of being royal. Because I know the secret to getting it on. She produced a small jug of chocolate pudding and tipped it into the shoe, then pushed her trotter into the pudding. Her trotter slid in effortlessly, the pudding squelching out through the open toe. It fits, exclaimed the prince, his heart swelling with love. That's right, declared Pigarella. I am the impossibly glamorous pig you danced with last night. The chunk of cake you broke off your skirt was the most delicious thing I have ever eaten, said the prince, sinking down onto one knee. Please marry me and bake me more cake so I can be the happiest man alive. No, said Pigarella. What? exclaimed the children. Wait for it, said Nanny Piggins. No, said Pigarella. I am an ambitious pig. I want more for my life. I want to make cake for everyone and make this the happiest kingdom in the world. Please allow me to toil alongside you as your husband, begged the prince. Let me help you bake the cakes and share with you the last lick of batter off the wooden spoon. Pigarella weakened because the prince wasn't just handsome. He was a nice man as well. Very well, she said, bending down to seal their bargain with a kiss. Ah, said Samantha. Ew, said Michael. Boris burst into loud tears, but this time they were tears of joy. <laughs> and so Pigarella, Prince Gavin and every cake lover in the kingdom lived happily ever after the end, declared Nanny Piggins. And at that exact moment, the power and all the lights in the house came back on. Hooray! cried Nanny Piggins. Quick, children, fetch the circular saw so we can start work cutting a hole in the kitchen ceiling. The end. Thank you for listening. To support this podcast, just buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt, from your local bookstore or favourite online bookseller. There's lots to choose from across the Nanny Piggins, Friday Barnes and Pesky Kids series. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.